Welcome to the Holocron I'm Josh, joined here with, uh, as always, Mr. Andy. Hey, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? Hey, happy Mother's Day. Thanks. Happy Mother's Day out there, all you mothers, mothers, Jedi mothers, mothers who didn't have fathers for your children. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, literally, no father. (laughs) (laughs) There was no father. But uh, yeah, uh, good weekend. Hope everyone had a good weekend. We had uh, we had some things going on here. It was good. How Tra- about you? Trailblazers moving on to oh, the Oh, boy. Whew, those are fighting <laughs> words. So yeah, um, exciting stuff and a lot of, you know, a couple new things in the uh, Star Wars universe as well, right? Right, definitely. Make sure, by the way, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks for sharing it with a friend, too. Yeah. We really appreciate that. You Liking can- us. Liking us, comments, all that stuff. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and and all major podcast venues. Yeah, and we're usually on we're on Twitter for days, <laughs> and Instagram, and uh, and not as much not as much on the old you know, Facebook or YouTube, but yeah, yeah, we'll get back on the YouTube. Get what, you there. What what are we? What's it going to take for us to get back on YouTube, Josh? Ah, we're still working on the technical side of things. <laughs> it's going to take time. <clears throat> a whole lot of precious time. It's a money. I don't know which is more valuable to me at this point. Which is more valuable? That is, that is a great life question. Good. It's probably a good segue, too. <laughs> Star Wars News! Speaking of segues. Yeah. So, Josh, we mentioned, you mentioned last week that you had... Uh, begun delving into the new audiobook Dooku. I did. Jedi Lost. And um you finished that, right? I did. And, I finished that audio only. And you've then gotten into the audiobook version of Master and Apprentice, correct? Correct. And you I know I know you had some thoughts about Dooku and and I have not partaken in either yet. So I'm I'm interviewing you basically okay. about this. Um, you had some thoughts about Dooku and and how it was different than other audiobooks because it was like a cast. It was like an old radio show yep. as opposed to an audiobook in the traditional sense of one author doing all the characters as well as narrating the story. Right. And you seem to have a preference for the single narrator kind of audiobook. Is that just because that's what you're used to or because you don't have a lot of experience with like radio show programs or? Well, yes and no. And the one thing that I could point out, you know, I, that was my initial kind of like, eh, I'm, and I, I think I said I got used to it and, and was fine with it. But the one thing that happens with a with the live program is that they omit any narration, any filler. The filler is provided by sound effects, um, I guess, context. And yeah. so you don't get any of the thoughts or feelings of the characters except for what they express through their inner thought, you know, their inner monologue. Um, Did you feel like it was kind of like a sitcom but with no video? Yeah. And and I and I said it last time, and, and I'll say it again. I, I felt like it was a little uh, young adult children's book um, angle as far as, you know, the story. My, you know, well, I'll, I'll just answer that question. Yes. 
Yes, that's and and spoiler alert. I may spoil. I may not. I'm gonna do my best, but there's just some key points. I'm gonna make some comparisons here. So if you really want to read the books, and you don't want to spoil, skip ahead five minutes or so. <laughs> and uh, but I'll, I'll do my best, like I said, to not throw any like particulars out there or you know the ending or anything like that. But so we know the ending. He he falls. <laughs> so falls if to if the dark side, not down. If I can just briefly summarize. Just our conversation before we uh, flip the switch on the pod here. You like Master and Apprentice a lot more than you like Dooku. Yeah, like a thousand percent better. Okay. And and how much of it is because the story you like better or because of the production of it? Uh, the story, for sure. It's, it's not just the production. The production with Dooku is actually kind of fun. You get different characters, you know, male and female. You get way more sound effects, music. It's a fun production. You get monsters roaring, you know, and and it, which is all fine. It gets a little tedious. Um, but I, my biggest complaint was I felt like the effort put into the production um, took away from the effort put into the to the fleshing of the story. I think this is a good story. I mean, the story itself, the some of the some of the, you know, um, conflict within there was worth hearing about. I wanted to hear about it. I wanted to hear more. I wanted to understand why and. And they did to a degree. Um, you did know, they make him a sympathetic villain? In some ways, he is a count, right? So the reason he's a count is because he uh, he has a planet that he's a part of, and this planet is factionized and and having issues. And he goes and and decides that's why he has issues with the Jedi Council is he wants to personally go back and take care of his planet. And they're like, well, look, for one, you're a Jedi; it's not your job. And for two, you know, you can't be a ruler, et cetera, which isn't necessarily true after you read Apprentice and Master and Apprentice. So it's kind of funny. But yeah. Okay. Well. And then, you know, the interaction between it was it was uh, Dooku as an apprentice. And then Dooku as a of Yoda and then Dooku as a master of Qui-Gon. So. And then, like I said last time, Yoda was a little like, mm, you know, what's going on, Yoda? He's always, you know, wishy-washy on some things. So, But Master and Apprentice has... No, go ahead. I'll let you keep... I, I won't I won't dive in right away. I well, I was going to... Well, that... You're probably leading me here, but I... What What is it about Master and Apprentice that you like so, so much? So Master and Apprentice, because it's a traditional book, because if you, you could... Audio book. Well, or... Read it. You can read it too. It's not just well, that's true. I, you so you can read you can pick up the book and Dooku. and get the same um, experience. Time out. Did you ever read the the Harry Potter, um, and the something child? It was the it was the play production. No, no, I never listened to it. You mean? Well, it was a book too. Oh, and the uh, what was it? Harry Potter and the Cursed Child or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, but I did read all the. The Potter books, but anyway, your point. Well, this was in. this was actually written just like maybe two years ago. Oh no! And it was a play, but it was a book written as a play. So there's like you know character sure. lines and and you know parentheses narration and all that stuff. So I, I was just I don't know. I guess I was. And that's the difference in a play. You're not going to get narration per se. You may have a narrator who directs you to the next scene, but in in the Dooku books, it was like I said. It was these uh, journal entries, holocron entries, that are bringing you to the different time, you know, times and 
experiences and you know i was here uh, you know two years later you know and he's kind of jumping in time which is fine but it doesn't have the narration the filler the the inner monologue his eyes squinted you know the things that make you understand what how they're feeling what the environment's like you know those kind of things so so back to master and apprentice then what what you really stop me if i'm putting words in your mouth what you really enjoy stop no i'm just kidding (laughs) about that book or audio book is that that you got more story like you really more detail you really understand so what's funny is because it's qui-gon there's still dooku references as a matter of fact there's flashbacks to qui-gon being dooku's apprentice also in dooku jedi lost there's scenes with qui-gon being being dooku's apprentice and they almost conflict a little bit but they don't you can tell that the, you can tell that there was some omission because probably they you know the authors knew that there was another project in the work for dooku and there was know, no collaboration uh, no there's collaboration in that they omitted you know they didn't cross over on the same they didn't tell the, the same, same interactions yeah okay. but but what you do get from master and apprentice is a much deeper in order for the the story to be told about qui-gon's relationship with obi-wan you get insight into qui-gon's relationship with his master dooku gotcha and dooku you know we all know that qui-gon of you know didn't join the jedi council which is still out in the air i got about two hours left of reading quote unquote listening um but you 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 start to see where where he does follow in dooku's foot you know uh uh, steps a little bit there because Dooku resisted the council as well by doing what he did in Jedi Law. So both the stories you get, you kind of get an insight as okay, well, I know how Dooku, you know, ultimately turned to the dark side, and now I know how Qui Gon was influenced by Dooku, not in a negative way, in a positive way, because Dooku I think had another apprentice after Qui Gon. Um, Dooku showed him the prophecies, or allowed him. Dooku finally said, okay, if you're going to look at these, I'm going to look at them with you type of thing. So Dooku was really into the prophecies too. He believed in the future. And remember, that's what I said. Uh, Yoda is like, stop, no future. You know, he's like, don't read the future. That leads to the dark side, which he did with Luke and Dagobah and, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, always clouded the future is. Well, ever changing. Yep. And so, um, but the relationship, here's what I like about Master and Apprentice. You get it from Obi-Wan's perspective at times, too, where it's his voice. And he's just like, Obi-Wan, I didn't know some things about Obi-Wan, which is kind of cool as far as what his demeanor is like, um, how he approaches things very uh, by the book. And Qui-Gon's kind of a little not by the book. You know, he's going to question things where Obi-Wan's like, no, if the council said or if if the the mandate of the Jedi says, then that's what we do. And Qui-Gon's like, well... It's up for interpretation, which even Yoda like goes back and forth with. It's just weird, but yeah. it's interesting, so interesting. And I love the relationship with uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon right now because it's it's uh, tenuous. It's a little, as a matter of fact, you know, it's a spoiler. But there's there's conflict. There, Obi Wan's mad at Qui Gon. Yeah. Well, if you spend enough time with anybody, you're gonna get cheesed off at him once in a while. But then there's all the pride that Qui Gon has in Obi Wan as he feels that he's failed Obi Wan as a master and he didn't give him, you know, and then the pride that he's taking through this particular conflict that they are going through the one, you know, the main 
the main you know part so, of the book. So two questions real quick, and then we can move on here. But um, actually, two questions and a bullet point. Ooh. Okay. So first question is, is Master and Apprentice more from Qui-Gon's point of view or Obi-Wan's, or is it even Multiple. Split? Multiple. It's actually, there's other characters too. There's another Jedi. Because um, on the cover is Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, so it, it's yep. other Masters and Apprentice? No, nope. no, no, no. No, it's pr- primarily Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon for yeah. sure. Okay. But there are other characters in there. There's some jewel thieves that play a part. There's a, uh, gosh, uh, I'm sorry, I can't. I said his name like a hundred times in my head, and there's another Jedi who actually requested the help of Qui-Gon, who's helping this planet try and get through a treaty, you know, something like that. And uh, he's he's a bit of a rogue Jedi, even more so than Qui-Gon, um, but then turning out not to be, you know, it's just kind of, it's a good story. It's just good. It's very inter- intertwined. It's pulling back some of the, the things you know about. There's kyber crystals and... How much... Second question, how much uh, does this lead up to episode one? How much time is there, do you think, between Master and Apprentice? I and think Obi Wan is seventeen in in this, so and I think he's supposed to be I, I think it's pretty close. You know, it's uh, I don't they didn't really allude to with the exception of obviously there's the different Chancellor. Um but I, I think maybe we're only two or three years out from episode one. Yeah, because in episode one, I want to say he's like around 20. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's just because he looks older or what he's supposed to be. I actually don't know what he's supposed to be. I don't think it's far off, though, because but like I always said he's 17. In my head, he was like 20 in episode yeah. one. So I think he's 17. Yeah, okay, he's 17. Now, the bullet point here, and this uh, kind of speaks to a larger point that uh, we here at Holocronicles... Mm. Um, have discussed before and not, I don't think, officially on any podcast. So this will this will be interesting. Um, you made a comment to me that uh, there was a lot of potential for Dooku's arc or story that you felt kind of like they there was a lot of wonderful opportunity, but they just didn't capitalize on it. Either they 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 just chose a different presentation of of a story. That's okay, all. and and one thing that you said to me that kind of. Um, I don't didn't strike a nerve because it wasn't a negative, but it 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 rang true to me. Was they felt like um, Dooku's rush, uh, he was rushed to the to the edge and then turning to the dark side. You felt like that happened very quickly in the story. Is am I no, right? No, no. Am I right when I almost? You're. I'm saying that when he got there, it was like the because there's time lapses in between. It was just it was a quick fall, like like he. He was pretty. He was a Jedi all the way up to this point, you know, in the story, and I because it is, a, you know, like the end of the book. Um, and then he he is bad. He's really bad, you know, to finish the story out. And we didn't really see my complaint being we saw him getting disenfranchised with the council and Yoda's wishy washiness, and then his you know desire to like, hey, this is our job. Our job is to go out and help a planet like this. That's what we're supposed to do, and, and especially because it's my planet. You know, and then once he went there and got there, you didn't really see the fall. You just saw that he was exposed to the dark side and then cut to 10 years later and he's super bad. You know, so it was weird. They spent a lot of time building him up to the fall and no time with the fall itself is how I felt. So then to. uh, to And by the way, in Master and Apprentice, 
you know, just like because we didn't find out till you know, Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon doesn't know where Dooku is. I mean, he, he hasn't heard from Dooku. He knows he's on his planet being the Count, but he doesn't really know what's up with Dooku. He knows that he's kind of pulled away from the Jedi uh, Council and, and, and communication-wise, but he also told him, hey, I'm going to rule this planet like I'm supposed to. So they, they don't have an inkling that, that Dooku is, is bad yet in any way. Okay. And obviously we know Dooku's doing work behind the scenes. Right. Whatever, you know. Right, with Palpatine. separatist work or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, that and that... I'm thankful that that story gets told a bit in Clone Wars. Like, actually, a lot of it gets told. Dooku's a prominent figure in, in uh, the later seasons of that. Yeah. And, and I think you'll enjoy that part now, having read the book or listened to the books. I Absolutely. Think once you catch up... You better catch up. Um, You'll like those a lot better. The The point that I was... That I was kind of making cross pop culture um, was something that I've been seeing a lot uh, about Game of Thrones is that how the buildup for Daenerys, um, I, the some of the complaints that I have seen about the most recent second to last episode of mm-hmm. Game of Thrones season eight spoiler alert <laughs> was that Daenerys was she was being uh, built up but then her snap to she couldn't be talked out of a bad decision happened it was rushed and and we spent the last seven seasons building up to she was going to be the chain breaker and yeah she was going to bust the wheel you know bust all the cogs in the wheel because the wheel of power just rolls over everybody and and uh but then she just burned it all down yeah and so that happened when I say awesome, I mean spectacle awesome. Yeah. Not like far out awesome, hang loose kind of awesome. Whatever, but, dude. But it was, man, she turned and the, and that was it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you come back from that now. Yeah. And, and much like... I and maybe guess- that's a Dooku thing, but I think his is a little slower burn. But I'll tell you what, he's bad at the end of Dooku Jedi. Like, he's he does something that solidifies. And maybe that was where they were trying to get. To like, if you had any question about Dooku's commitment to the dark side, it is no longer in question. That that came abruptly for me, just because. But that was kind of the the hook for the story. Like this, that was present. Everything and everything up until that point, Asajj was reading journals and and holocrons herself, getting the information, and then you know about learning about Dooku under the premise of I need to know who I'm, who who's my master, you know. Yeah. Um, but then turns out she was being led to kind of this this ultimate conclusion that he is her master, like in all ways and a Sith Lord, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay. And so, we all know that. No spoiler there. But. Nope. No spoiler there. Uh, well, thanks, Josh. I, I appreciate it. Hey, that. I'll tell you what, I'll just give a plug out there. Just go reach, uh, reach, read uh, Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott or listen to only um, written by Kevin Scott, but performed by an ensemble. And then Master and Apprentice is Claudia Gray. And that's read by Jonathan Davis. And I have to make a, a plug here. That guy is awesome. I mean, we that, that I said it last time. Part of my part of the fun of listening to audiobooks is the narrator's take on the voices, and he nails Obi Wan and Qui Gon. Pretty good Yoda. And uh, is there anyone else we know their voices of? No, that's about it. Oh, there's a there's some Mace in there. Mace has got a little bit. He's got he's got more of a Southern accent than I oh, remember okay. having him okay. having. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
mace lives. Next, <laughs> next bit of business here. Um, there was a very big birthday in the Star Wars universe uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, happy birthday to B. Arthur. Hey. Huge birthday. <laughs> and George Lucas. Okay. <laughs> and George Lucas. Happy birthday. I, I was racking my brain. Like, where, where did B. Arthur play? <laughs> I actually think she was in uh, the Star Wars special. Oh, boy. Probably smoking. <laughs> Sit down, Chewie. <laughs> Sit down, Jerry. Taller it. than Chewie. Yeah. I love B. Arthur. Yeah. Did you ever watch Golden Girls? You're dang right. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> oh, man. I can sing the whole song. Don't. Um, another really, really cool thing that both of us... Happy ha- birthday, George Lucas, by ha- the way. Happy birthday, happy George. Birthday. We appreciate you. Um, another very, very cool thing that we both enjoyed that came out um, recently was the Star Wars SC-38 Reimagined. And I know we're late to the party on this, but it happened in between our pods, but... It's awesome. There's, I'll tell you what, I really liked, um, oh gosh, what was that? The, the other, uh, the other star fan film that came out, uh, it was, uh, the, it's called star Wars. Star, gosh, I can't believe it. Star Wars theory. theory yeah. Theory. Yeah. yeah the I really Va- like that. The Vader one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like this was even uh, far, not, f- well, it's a lot shorter. This is a scene as a opposed scene. to a story, but it's so relatable and like. Exactly what you wanted. Yes. I mean, in modern Star Wars lightsaber duels, you know, we know that the duel um, originally between, between, uh, in the, you know, the uh, New Hope was was supposed to be kind of old men versus old men, you know, type of thing. Fencing. Fencing. But um, classical. But we also know that after watching Yoda go off on Dooku, as a matter of fact, that age. Um, it can be enhanced by the force and, and to see this, if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now, like pause and just go watch it seven minutes. Uh, Vader versus Kenobi is, it was, this is, it's the best fan, you know, fan film I've ever seen or fan scene I've ever seen for, uh, for star Wars. Well done. The difference between, uh, Vader and Obi-Wan in a new hope, two old guys, lightsaber duel versus Yoda and Dooku, Two old right. guys, lightsaber. They're they're night and day different as their original form. Right. But but putting this in, I mean, in my opinion, yes, some things look more modern than the original nineteen seventy seven camera angles, right? And that stuff. Yeah. But for me, you could insert that right into a New Hope, and it immediately has a stronger connection to Rogue One. Yeah. And is more realistic of what we now know what Jedi can do with lightsabers and their fighting styles and how... And we know that the Force as a concept for Lucas evolved, you know? Yeah. And and to see it in its its form back when it mattered when you lost somebody who now is so endeared to the fan base, you know, Obi-Wan. Yeah. We saw Obi-Wan at the end, and we've gotten so much Obi-Wan now, you know, backstory, that to see him go at it with vader and but again again later on though not right as in that scene people. i mean yeah, yeah. in that scene like really like fight like they fought um you know on the on the banks of the lava let river. me let me ask you a question josh yes and, and i'll give you a, a three second quiet think time to prepare your answer oh wow like an andy pause we call it 
<laughs> well, uh, you're yeah, about five, maybe usually. sometimes. Um, when when uh, Obi Wan and Anakin fought on uh, that's your there's a that's my pause. pause there. That's my pause. Well, why can't I think of the name of the place? Mustafar. Mustafar. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, I always mispronouncing, so I'm scared to say him. So, Anakin was confident that he could beat obi-wan in a lightsaber battle right and they were very evenly matched because that lightsaber duel took a while like that's the longest one of any of them right and they were very evenly matched as master and apprentice they were evenly matched you know anakin's supposed to be this big shot jedi but he's still chosen one he's still the apprentice right right but obi-wan doesn't dispatch him easily either and maybe because he doesn't want to maybe he didn't you know, maybe he doesn't go at him, you know, for, full full force. For killing because, blows, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't because I love you. You're my brother, you know. Yeah. So maybe maybe he holds back just a little bit. And maybe that is maybe why Anakin has the confidence. So then fast forward and he loses. Right. Have the high ground. Yeah, he had the classic ground. line, yeah. whatever. So Anakin loses. Hills force. Yeah. Fast forward to the lightsaber duel. In a new hope, whether you just go the original or you go the reimagined, whatever. Go the reimagined. Do you think there is any hesitation with Anakin, you know, 30 years later when they meet up again? Like, he'll get his butt kicked? Like, he beat me once before. It doesn't seem like it, but I, but he, he did lose to him. Like, he lost to him in, when they're youth. And now they're both older. One is more machine now than man. Yeah. But, but he's Vader, been so I don't I get you. Here's the difference is we know that Vader, especially with like Rogue One and then all the comics and all that, we know Vader has been just kicking butt for a lot of years. He's not the he's not Anakin on the on the banks of the lava river. All right. He is he is pure dark side. Pure evil. Pure I like pure with that sliver that Luke finds in Jedi, but pure dark side. Uh-huh. And he is one hundred percent confident in his force abilities and and I think that, you know, when, when Obi-Wan says only a master of evil, you know, he, yeah. he, he knows like, this is not the same kid I faced. This is a, this is a, this, this is, is a monster killing machine. Right. This and Vader a... goes at him like that. And which I love, like Vader's no hold back. Punches him twice. Head butts him. I think it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, to think <laughs> poor Obi-Wan. And, and he knew, and I think Obi-Wan just kind of knew, like I couldn't, I, I could beat him before, you but know. This is a stalling technique. But this is now. This is going to be a. My death is going to have a purpose now for yep. for Luke. And that's the smile. And that what I liked is that even though it's reimagined, they didn't take anything away from Obi Wan's ultimate sacrifice, which was he. We just didn't know that in the hallways while Luke and Han and Leia were running around shooting stormtroopers and swinging across pits, that. Obi-Wan was getting trashed in a hallway. <laughs> just getting yeah. just getting totally yeah. beat up, man. He absolutely was, man. But which is fantastic. What a great uh concept. I never even pictured that. I just kind of thought, oh, you know, you think of it from the movie perspective of, well, that's what they could do then. And, and instead of the, you know, maybe yeah. the actual, you know, in the movie perspective of this is what should have happened. So good good on uh oh what what do we uh we, they're called uh, fix it fix, and post. Fix it and post. FX it and post. Yep. Um, yeah, nice. Well done. Well done. Josh, do you think Star Wars will ever be remade? I hope not. 
but probably someone will get stupid and do that. I, but I hope not. No, yeah. no, no. I don't. I don't think, think it will. That, I don't, think, I don't it think it will because I. I don't it, think Disney I mean, would have to do it. There's a vote if you wanted to put a poll up. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to, and they'd have to do it. You know, 75 years from now. So if you wanted to put a poll up and say, "Will Star Wars ever get remade?" Uh, I think it would. Or would you like to see Star Wars get remade? I mean, it would be no 99 to one, and the one was. You know, someone that accidentally clicked on their way flipping by our posts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, I want you to know that I read a Star Wars book recently. Oh. Honor Among Thieves. Mm. It's about Han and Chewie. Um, Leia's in it too, but uh, it's not anything major. It's just a story that just kind of moves everything along a little bit. Sure. There's trouble in the rebellion, and they're trying to gather support, and... Han has to go on a mission, and it, he, it works out at the end. He uses his his uh, scoundrelly uh, connections. Yeah, there's a done. there's a female in there who's kind of maybe got the hot storm a little bit, and who wouldn't? I mean, I mean, come on, understandable. Huh. Anyway, it's an it's an easy read. It does not change any of your ideas of Han and Chewie and Leia. Um, at all it's just a another story about them going through a crazy mission cool for the greater good for the greater good easter eggs all right andy do you have a real easter egg this time i do not a rotten easter egg <laughs> i know last one was kind of lame it's all right because we blew right by that yeah should have pulled like it, out. it didn't even happen josh yep. this week's easter egg discussion um has to do with the marvel movies Okay. There are many Marvel movies. Yes, there are. There are now many Star Wars movies. Um, with enough, what do you call it, cooks in the kitchen making movies for Marvel and Star Wars, you're going to come across fans of both. Sure. You know. Oh, we're are, fans of both. Exactly. Um, one more a little than the yeah. other. But um, we don't have gauntlet crickles. That's all I had. <laughs> The Marvelicals. Marvel. <laughs> you, you turned start in Ickles on the end of thing, you know, you got to be careful. Be very careful. Um, it turns out that every Phase Two Marvel movie had a character lose an arm because of their affinity for Empire Strikes Back. Really, really. Can you guess or can you name? Can you think of any? Well, I know which one in in the in the end game. Well, end game is technically not phase two. Oh, I don't know. What but phase. so phase two would be like the second wave of Marvel movies that came out. Not like hmm. losing hands. That's okay. I get you. Um, nah, I can't think of. I mean, I'm not that big a fan. Like I said. Okay. Well, um, the in Iron Man three. Guy, yeah. guy Pierce, the the main bad guy. Right. He gets his arm cut off in it. Good. For, yeah. Good. Was it one? Did he have a bunch of tattoos that told him how to use his other arm? No. <laughs> no, but it grew back. That's a memento thing. Oh, it did. It grew back. Yeah, because he's that regenerating plant Sh- sure. that he injected himself with. You know all that weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor lost his arm in Thor: The Dark World, as portrayed in Loki's sneaky little vision at the end. Where they were gonna kill the dark elves? Okay. Loki cuts off his arm. He's like, ah, and that was a, just a distractor. I see. But he gets his arm cut off. Winky, winky, wink, wink, wink Luke. Um, no. 
in Winter Soldier, Captain America. Winter he doesn't Soldier. even have an arm. Bucky. Yeah, Bucky. Loses an arm as he falls to his death. Yeah. Robo arm. Well, he's not. Yeah, he is. Yep. He loses his arm there. Um, Groot loses an arm in Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. It eventually grows back. Sure. I mean, he's a but I think Gamora cuts it off kind of when they first meet there. And... Oh, I can't believe how the... I mean, that was one of the few times they allowed curse words in a Marvel movie, too, because he's just like, oh, man, what a, I'll bleep that out. Yeah, that I had no idea he had such a <laughs> blue streak in what it. What a dirty mouth. Um, in Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, Ultron cuts off Claw's arm. That's the Andy Serkis character. Mm-hmm. Cuts it off. Just cuts it off. <laughs> Didn't know. I mean, you know that later, like Black Panther, when he's sitting in the being interrogated by yeah, when Gollum's being interrogated by Bilbo, <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting there and he's got a he's got a stub on his left arm. I did I didn't know it was a connection to to uh, losing limbs and yeah. There's Empire. two more. Go for it. Yellow Jacket and Ant Man gets his arm cut off before he eventually gets kind of sucked into himself into the quantum world. Yep. And lastly, Bucky loses his arm again in Civil War. God, Bucky, man. I know. Can't what keep good his, is he? Can't keep his arm straight, man. <laughs> He's just losing him. Uh, so anyway, all, all of those are apparently nods to... Um, hmm. Well, then Thanos gets his hand cut off and... Yeah. game. Kind of had to. I mean, Well, I mean, it's the best way to spoiler. do it. Spo- well, spoiler. But that's like <laughs> the beginning of the movie. Yeah. There's, a, there's like... It was like two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, I was like, wow, that went fast. I don't know what's going to happen here. Are we going to (laughs) watch popcorn commercials or what? So anyway, all that was because of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Says who, by the way? Return of the Jedi. Says who? Or did you just make that up? I didn't make that up. All right. Doesn't matter who said it. I got off the internet. It's got to be (laughs) true. The internet said so. It's got to be true. I see. It's got to be true. Show me your collection. We had a pretty cool collection that we displayed on Saturday, or that we re-displayed. We got some. We got four pictures from at Scarif Podcast, hmm. and um, go back on our Twitter feed, check it out. It's a. I would say it's a modern collection, where it's two thousand in two thousand to now. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of Funkos, man. A whole shelf with no not not a shelf but like like a shelf system yeah a cabinet with shelves full of funkos yeah full of funkos all star wars all star wars funkos that's a hole man that's a pit we already went down the funko pit the funk hole funk hole we went down that <laughs> funk hole you did not me i tried to i got i like the sarlacc pit I, or you know chewy pulled me out or han or or thank, not han thank uh, lando thank goodness that could have been scary um, two things stuck out for me. Um, first was the life-size Yoda. From, yeah. From what it seemed to be about episode one. We were trying to figure that out, but it doesn't look as creepy as the episode one Yoda. So I think it's just a, a Yoda, like the original episode one Yoda with bug eyes and, and, uh, I don't know. I think he had, I think he had a cold or something. It was, it was a rough Yoda. <laughs> the one of the few remade quote unquote, like CGI editions that is like, thank you. Thank you. We get rid of, I mean, puppets, original Yoda. He was old and slow. Puppet worked, but yeah. Whew. 
can't fight Dooku with a puppet. No, you can't. I mean, you could. It'd be hilarious. Hilariously bad. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed the life size. Anytime you can get a life size Yoda in your house, like you got to do it. Life size anything. The best time to buy it is when you see it. There you go. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's straight from American Pickers, too, by the way. I quote them a lot. Um, the second thing was that he had a couple of cool art pieces hanging on the wall. Yeah, I love the Obi-Wan. And then I think it's kind of hard to see in the picture, but I think it's Boba blasting a laser into the Sarlacc pit or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like his, like cool like his flamethrower flame or something. Throw, yeah. Like Boba Fett, even though we all saw it, he's had so many ways of getting into that that Sarlacc pit that we <laughs> did not see, which apparently everyone wished he would done. <laughs> yeah. So Scarif, at Scarif Podcast, thank you for sharing. We very much appreciate it. Do they have a podcast? Um, I would assume so, Josh, <laughs> by the name. Let's check it out. Um, we love other podcasts. We do. And we love seeing what you're... Uh, into collecting wise so if you if you listening out there have any sort of collection whether it's just on one shelf you have a few things or if you have up to rooms full of themed star wars rooms um i mean major nerd <laughs> nerds yeah let but, us know but, but let s- us know send us some pictures We'd love to. You can DM us, or you know, if you don't want to throw them up on the on on the feed, you can just DM us, and we'll we'll keep them secret until we can let them loose, and then we'll announce your uh, handle, and you'll get tens of twenties of followers after that, maybe even some views. Wow! <laughs> so thanks again at Scarif Podcast. Cool collection. Hello, what have we here? Collector tip. Before we get to the collector tip, Josh, have you gotten anything recently? Um, boy, I mean, I sold some stuff recently. That's good. That's that's paving the way to buying some stuff. It is. I know you have other motives, but still, you're not going to get away with it. Yeah, I really, really love the Black Series. Figures. Oh yeah, you did sell some stuff. <laughs> I really love the Black Series figures, but there are so many and they're so cool that I didn't want to start collecting them because I knew I would want all of them. Mm-hmm. And right now, that is an overwhelming idea. I have gotten some things over the last couple of years that are cool, but it, I just, I had to, I had to let go. Right. And, and you found a Patsy. I... I found a guy <laughs> and I'm so thankful for because now if I ever want to see him, all I have to do is come over to my friend Josh's house and <laughs> do a podcast. <laughs> They're all around you. Yes. Yeah, no, I, and I, I gave in, like I said, the, the phone call I uh, avoided, but the, the black series, the crack series, I, uh, <laughs> I completely uh, snorted. So yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you did Josh, not just because you took them off my hands, but, but because they are, I, I mean, I, when I say I'd love the black series, I really do. Like yeah. there are so many cool figures. Like the general grievous figure is freaking He's beautiful. Awesome. Right. Beautiful. And that's a, that's a newer one going back to like the first orange line, 2013 series, like those, when they came out, those 13 or so, those are sweet. Yeah. Like we hadn't yet seen detail like that in 
action figures. Well, and especially like a six inch fig- figure, you know, you kind of sometimes like, well, I want to stay to the three and a, you know, but uh, six inch. No, they're fantastic. They're they're not. They're 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 my favorite. They are. They awesome. really are. They're outside awesome. of the vintage. They are totally awesome. Um, so that leaves me, Josh, with four black series figures left because they're ones that you already had sure what do i do with those what do i do with those do i sell them just kind of clean slate get rid of them all sell them and use that money well, to get this something is else? a good collector kind of quandary right yeah uh, i here here's why you want to sell them okay here's why you want not need to sell them want to sell them you want to sell them because the four of them will stand or sit in their packages and remind you that you failed at collecting the rest of them, okay? And so that's what your mind's thinking. Like, how can that's I, what I'm thinking. How can I look at these? How can I look at the failure, right? It's but a constant reminder. The reason you shouldn't get rid of them is because no matter what they are or who they are, they're still fantastic, right? And you should take them out of the package, heaven forbid, and you should position them and just boom. And people will be like, oh, what's that? And you'll... By the way, what are the four? Um, Rex. Okay. Who's awesome. Sure. Love Rex. Uh, Gree. He's cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Actually, keep him in the package. <laughs> He's worth more. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I take one out, I'm going to take them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, take them out so I can come over and look at them. A uh, Mimban Trooper. Love that. Take that out. Walmart exclusive. Yeah. And uh, I believe it's Jaina Solo. That's interesting. Yeah, the the uh, theory maker. Um, yes. Yeah, I would, I would. I'm keeping her just so. Yeah. I can wave it in everyone's face. Sure. In in one way or another. I would uh I would keep those, especially the Mim Bam, because what you can do, while you may not collect all the figures in all their boxes, those centerpieces that they make yeah. are fantastic. I you don't have to collect the black series if you get the black series centerpieces, in my opinion, because they stand alone. They come with props, like scenery. Uh, uh Luke jumping over the, you know, the the walker foot, and then you can take out a couple snowtroopers if you're crazy. I mean, if you want to, and uh, put them at the base of that. It even comes like with an optional pad with a foot peg. It's like done and done. We're like for the Joshua. crazy for the crazy person who pulls his figures out of the boxes. You can put them here, or Ray, or the throne room with with Kylo and Ray. So um, that's why I would keep him because Mimbam. He, you know, at least I'm thinking of the stormtrooper. He might show up. He might be a cool addition to a piece like that so i keep them i don't no no re- what, what are you gonna do you need 100 bucks well come on yeah. i mean grease like 50 60 but yeah well i yeah that, so that's something that i've been wrestling with ever since i got rid of all my other ones or to you or you can just keep them for trading maybe trading, or something i don't yeah. i don't know i it's a i'm not i'm not going to decide until a situation props up that oh i got these you want to trade or all right, I'll sell these because I need. I want to get. You know, I need fifty bucks to go get something or whatever. There you go. Um, but uh, see, one thing that I've gotten recently, and I posted a picture of it on Twitter at Holochronicles, was that I got the Last Jedi soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah, that's kind of cool. You're the vinyl guy, and uh, I have a Star Wars record player, but I don't. Ha- well, no, I think I have. Uh, yeah, you do. I've seen it. I've got. A, I've got. I think I have. I can see it right now, but just the John Williams. Um, yeah, I think it's Force Awakens. Yeah, I have Force Awakens uh, vinyl. Is that the one with the hologram? I haven't even taken it out. 
We should look at it. Yeah, we'll do it later. Okay. Um, but I took I, I got the Last Jedi, and it's the one that has the marbled color vinyl, which is really pretty looking and it looks fantastic. And but um, my collector tip has to do with that. So whether you you like the albums to listen to, mm-hmm. like I do, I listen to the albums um, on a record player on a turntable. But when you're not listening to them the the records themselves make really cool backdrops to like the the cubicle like the ikea shelves yeah, yeah. that are that are like you know four by two cubicle square you know shelf things they make great backdrops that fit right into those things for display yeah yeah for display they they you know you can put your figures or your vehicles or whatever in front of them but you, you put the album behind it and it i don't know i i've just always thought it that's good as a, as a real nice touch if you're into the albums at all, what to do with them, you know, instead of just putting them all in a stack on a shelf, you know, yeah, they, the pieces they, of art, they become functional because the exactly the art on them, the, you know, the iconic images from the movies are, you know, they're almost like little mini movie posters in some cases, um, like the episode one, two and three um, soundtrack albums are basically the theatrical posters. And so they're just a, you know, 12 by 12 version, or it's like 11 and a half by 11 and a half. Yeah. And, and then they just make nice little backdrops to whatever you want to display. You can probably hang them on the wall. Yeah. And of course so you can go to Michael's that, and buy a album holder and hang it on your wall. You can do that too. Absolutely. Or and I've got some in frames as backdrops. So yeah, I mean, if you're into the albums at all, that's one thing you can do that makes them functional to look at as well as listen to. Very cool. Yeah, that's my tip. Thanks for that. Is that a good tip? That's a good tip. Okay. Yeah. I like it too. So, Josh, two two last things here. One's going to be quick. When um, What I've noticed in, in following with the last season of Game of Thrones, I'm going to circle back to this. It is, is the topic of the day. It is. It's relevant because I, I foresee... Mm. <laughs> I foresee what's happening with Game of Thrones happening with episode nine we've got history now with game of thrones we've got seven almost a completed eight season with game of thrones where people are invested right they've read books they've they've seen all of the episodes and and it is an epic series right it's unparalleled it really is whether whether you enjoy it or not just this whole scope of it is pretty impressive um, I'm a casual fan. I haven't read the books. I I just have seen the episodes. I've followed along. You know, I've seen every episode, some a few times, um, and I I like it. I have I am not one to complain about the direction or the character arcs or the storyline. Uh, that's not me because I consider myself a casual fan. Similar to the Marvel movies, I don't read the comic books. I I know the stories. I follow them. I enjoy them. But whatever happens in the movies, I am receiving as right. with fresh eyes. I, I don't right. have anything to compare it to or taint it with. And so... Well, we talked about that a little bit before you go on. We talked about fans investing their own ideas so deeply into Star Wars, because we see it a lot on Twitter. Yes. You know, investing their own concepts or, or adopted concepts from other people who have invested, that, the dis- that they're almost enhancing their own disappointment artificially. Instead of just letting the story be told as if it was the first time 
you'd ever seen anything like this, like in 1977, when Star Wars came out, and you accepted that story as is. Yeah, of course, there was critique, right? Right. But it, there wasn't expectation, you know? Well, see, and, so, and then here's here's why social media sucks. There's there's a few reasons, <laughs> but this is why it sucks. Because from from the time The Force Awakens came out, and we were introduced to new characters and what they might be about and just how how the the last sequel trilogy is going to be told and how it's going to end. We do a lot of predicting mm-hmm. and we do a lot of this should happen and wouldn't it be cool if this happened and then this needs to happen and should have happened. And when it doesn't, we get upset as though George Lucas wasn't listening to us or J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson wasn't listening to me, my ideas of what happens were different than somebody else's and shame on them for being different. People get our predictions and our expectations. Actually, our predictions become the expectations. Right. And when they don't happen, I'm done with Star Wars. Right. Uh, you know, o- omit Star Episode Nine. I- I'll never go and see it because... It's been ruined for me, and there's so much, air quotes, hate towards it because our predictions become our expectations, and then our expectations don't get met because we're not the ones making the movies. Right. And so I think it's really important for us to see what's happening with Game of Thrones, what's happened with Marvel, what's happened with other movies in this time frame, that people that have just come across as so disappointed by these things that were made to be entertainment. Right. Right. And also the story, the point of view from one or a group of people who have their own expectations, right? So, and and they have, they have the, uh, they've got the the, I don't know what the the ticket to do it. They're the ones making the movie, so we get to follow their expectations, and to some degree, also, you know, to the degree of staying in line with the franchise, etc. But I, I I hear what you're saying. So. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, just a quick circle back here. But, you know, my critiques of The Last Jedi were not because I didn't like The Last Jedi. I just thought that, like, man, that, that part was dumb. Right. I like the movie a lot. I've seen it many times since. I still don't like one or two of those parts. It didn't ruin anything for me. It, I don't think it was a poorly written or executed you know, with character arcs and everything. And, and not everything that I thought would happen happened. In fact, very little of what I thought right. might happen actually happened in, in um, The Last Jedi. But that didn't ruin anything for me. I just know I didn't make the movie. Yeah. And and for whatever my, my critiques might have been for a couple of those scenes, there's people that loved it, right? There's for every... And see, and this is why... Twitter sucks because everyone's got a voice that that gets thrown out there and and we have followers some of our followers I can't stand <laughs> I mean truly like they're just so negative and they're so like filled with maybe actual hatred with what's going on with Star Wars that it's it's tough to it's tough to follow along with I will say without those followers though you can't you can't solidify perspective this perspective because if we were all, you know, singing kumbaya down the road. Well, and that's the thing. If we were all agreeing, like like there's a quote w- that uh, the former 
San Francisco 49ers, Bill Walsh. Mm -hmm. He says, if we're all thinking the same thing, then nobody's thinking. Yeah. And, and that's okay. You know, and I, I feel you. Like there's sometimes where I get a little agitated and, uh, but that agitation spurns uh, debate, you know, and, and, and your own, your own, it almost makes you look, I, I had critique for the last Jedi too. It was kind of, when I walked out of the theater, I was like, did I like that? You know, and which is fine. And I've seen it enough times afterwards, at least in parts to, to realize that there are parts I want to take out. And, but on the other hand, I want to see how, I still want to see where it's going and I'm going to be, I, I'm going to, I'm going to just go in there with, with the highest hopes and expectation, not expectations, hopes, <laughs> hope. Right. That's what I have. So I guess, um, I guess to kind of put a bow on this, you know, I have a, I have a pretty strong fan theory about Ray. Sure. And that is not m completely my own. Sure. And it's well documented on the Holocronicles sure, podcast. Twelve, I think. Yeah, my manifesto. Yeah. And if absolutely none of it is true or correct, or you accurate, won't gnash your teeth and I won't. I won't oh. care at all. Truthfully, now I've thrown out to some people who have some very strong opinions about what Episode Nine needs to have in it. Mm -hmm. Just a simple question. Well, what if it doesn't? Right. And and some people are like, well, you know, if it doesn't, I mean, it's probably not going to. Sure. You know, and then it just kind of rolls off. And that's, I think that's the right attitude to have because obviously they didn't make the movies either. Well, so, isn't the mystery fun? You know, I mean, it is fun. It's see what happens. Yes. If you knew what was coming. Yeah. Well, people's need to be right sometimes outweighs yeah. their, their wonder. Sure. Right. Like they want to be right so bad that if they're not, that's gonna be the thing they walk away with. That's where fan fiction comes in. You can just write your own path. Yeah. Write a book. Well, and then there's some people like, well, what if what if it doesn't happen that way? What if yeah. what if it's not like and this isn't me not trying to pick on anybody in particular, but I've asked a couple of Raylos, like, well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, I mean, how could it not? Right, I mean, you know, and they're just so kind of aghast at the idea that maybe this won't happen. Like it hadn't even crossed their mind. Sure. So I get a little worried about fans like that that are so set in what their predictions are now becoming their expectations that they're going to be disappointed, and then they're going to be the ones that hate on it because whatever. And it's great that they're passionate. Like don't don't misunderstand my my appreciation for your passion for star Wars, because that is why we are having this podcast. Right. But be careful about misplacing your predictions into an expectation and being angry about it at the end. Yeah. I mean, I, and I just operate differently. That's just, uh, you know, even watching game of Thrones, my wife was like, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm like, I don't think anything. I'm just going to watch. <laughs> and she's like, what? You don't have any predictions? I'm like, well, I can come up with a few if you want, or we can just watch. <laughs> yeah. She's like, really? I go, yeah, let's just watch. And then we watched, and I was like, whoa, that's cool. So one thing, one thing about Game of Thrones that I've really appreciated is that it, from season one, has been so unpredictable sure. that it's really tough for anybody to get settled into, well, I think this is what's going to happen I don't next. think they get angry about it either because they're like, oh, or they won't, you know, because yeah. they've done it before, you know, <laughs> which, is, which is better than, and I get it. There's people that you love in the Star Wars 
movies. You really love them. Yeah. I mean, like you, if you go to a, the reason there's people, there's fans of movies is because on some level you've made a connection with a character, mm-hmm. with the story, yep, with the art form, whatever. And so that's what we are. We're humans that make connections, and we want to go in and connect to somebody. And sometimes we connect a little unhealthily, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is. I mean, look around you know, where we're sitting right now. I've connected a little too heavily into the Star Wars universe, and so have you. But uh, well, but I mean, as far as anyone else knows, maybe <laughs> we haven't gotten into we my haven't gotten into your case of a room. But uh, but you know, that's the, I think, and that's important as long as it's healthy. Every relationship can be a bad relationship unless you unless you balance it right, just like the Force. Yes, so you have to have reasonable expectations that. While you might want to be right, you can have hope. You you might want to be right, and you might hope that you're right. If you're not, how you respond to it says more about you than it does about the movie. And here's the thing: if (laughs) if the yeah, absolutely. And if the Rilo concept happens, I can't wait to see how they make it happen. Because you know what? I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Let's let's you know a, a a monarchy of the force. Great, but that's new, right? Monarchy of the Force. That's the name of it. Oh man, I wish so ten. I wish we were still waiting for the title. <laughs> Monarchy of the Force. <laughs> if it happens, great. I want to see how it happens. I want to see the story. And guess what? During it, I won't make any predictions unless you ask me to, and then I will. Yeah, just not my wife. Okay. Um, I had one more thing, but I've had this one thing I've wanted to talk about for three weeks now, and I'm gonna say let's shelve it for another pod. Mm, it's getting dusty. It is, but. It's appropriate for whenever we want to talk about it. Okay. It's not pressing. We have eight months still before it needs to be talked about. Eight? Oh. Is it eight? Jeez. No. Seven? Less than that. So June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Seven. Seven. Yeah, you're way off. Sorry. Samsonite. (laughs) (laughs) Just go, man. All right. (laughs) You've had two pairs of gloves this whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, don't get us going on that. Okay, so, talking about Dumb and Dumber, should we wrap this up? Well, before we show our our, did you want to do any trivia? I mean, if you want to do some trivia, I think we should do a little bit of trivia. We did get a couple of responses that they kind of like that. All right. Do you want to ask? Or you want to receive? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll just hand them to you. <laughs> All right, Josh. I'm going to ask you a full card of questions. And I'm going to ask that you give me just about a two-second pause for those listening go. at home so that they can have an opportunity. And this comes from the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit uh, box circa 2000, 1999? Yeah. Somewhere in there. So we don't know what we're going to get out of that. We don't know if we've got some prequels in there or not. Probably not. Oh, that was one that we read last time. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Question okay. number one. Who gave the order to evacuate the ground staff during the rebel retreat from Hoth? Uh, I'm just going to go with Leia. Oh, sorry. That wasn't two seconds. I'm going to go with Leia. But it was... uh, You hemmed and hawed for... I did. Uh, I'll go with Leia. Correct. Yes. Next question. What was the primary target of the Imperial walkers on Hoth? Pausing. Shield generator. Correct. Thank you. This is a Hoth-based. I guess so. Hoth-based. Card. 
Huff based, based, huff based, based. All right. <laughs> Say that three times real fast. Okay. Um, who was Luke Skywalker's gunner during the Battle of Hoth? May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace, Dak. 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 I don't know his last name. Does it tell you? Nope. Just says oh. Dak. Yeah, he didn't have one. one Can you imagine? Didn't his, have enough his, screen time to get a last his, name. His parents <laughs> gave him the first name Dak, and then they're like, just Dak. <laughs> Deal with it. Good enough. What'd you call me? What sector did rebel ground troops abandon to protect the Hoth evacuation yeah. fighters? This is this is That's, this is a little this is a deep cut. Okay, so um, what sector? So, I mean, to, so and they abandoned it for what? To give what? Uh, they abandoned it. Uh, I'm sorry. To protect the Hoth evacuation fighters. So they they were abandoning sector what? One. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this. Is it a number or a letter or a word? I mean. It's a number between one and 20. Oh, then it's sector five, obviously. Well, neither one or five Damn it. was correct. Wow. Sector 12. Oh, of course. I forgot about 12. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. Who, okay, one, who, one out of four, or uh, three out of four. There's six on the on okay. the card here. So, okay. who attached the wrong part to one of the Falcon's wings during the Battle of Hoth? Falcon doesn't have wings. Who attached the wrong part to one of the Falcon's wings during the Battle of Hoth? I believe it was Chewie, and Han found it right, and then Chewie got. Yeah, it was Chewie. I'll go Chewie. Correct. Yes. But the Falcon doesn't have wings. Well, it has mandibles. I see. Um, can tell some. Last question on the card. Okay. What household substance was used to simulate snow for special effect shots on Hoth? Ajax. That's uh, not a bad guess. I'd say, I know it's a powder substance, so I, I'm going with... I, 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 does, let me ask you this. Does it even exist as a household product now? 100%. Oh, damn. You have this. I do? Most households have this. But Ajax would be a little too chemically, I think. You know, get some red eyes going on there. Uh, That's it, why it's not Ajax. Thank you. Um, thanks. For <laughs> <laughs> when you said close, I knew that I hadn't had it right. <laughs> It's a, I said it was a good guess. It was a good guess. So I'm going to go with, um, I have this. It's not flour. It's not sugar. It's not. Uh, it's it's either. Is it a cleaning product? either in your refrigerator. Or oh, baking soda. Correct. Baking soda. Yes, as Matt is Thank you. That was, that was the... a tip. I know. I get you. <laughs> Ajax is close. So if you want to clean a toilet or snow on hot. Snow on hot. We're going to do one more card. Okay. Okay. Okay, this is a double jeopardy. One more card. So you are five out of six. Uh, four out of six. Four out of six. You four can't give me so Ajax. Um, what episode one planet consists entirely of one large city? Uh, Coruscant. I didn't puzzle on it. Coruscant is correct. Thank you. Who portrays Anakin Skywalker in episode one? Gosh, you know the name, but I don't. A little actor, I can't... Uh, Whiny McGee. He's about 30 now. 
Yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he's in he jail. Just had a birthday recently. No, he's not in jail. I'm just kidding. He was in jail at one point. Uh, I don't remember. Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. On to bigger and better things. Now this is pod racing. Woohoo! What actor portrays Obi Wan Kenobi's mentor in Episode One? Ooh. I have a unique set of skills. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Rob Roy. Rob. Oh, wait. Yeah, he was <laughs> Rob Roy. Um, what episode in the Star Wars saga will feature the marriage of Anakin Skywalker? Uh, episode three. Incorrect. Two? Was it two? It was at the end. Oh, of two. I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. I got them blended. We I only watch. I only watch them all three at the same time. If uh, I'm going to watch them, it's all three at the same time. I would understand then. Get it? <laughs> Minus the first one. <laughs> what episode one star did George Lucas describe as the perfect young Harrison Ford? Um, this is an interesting question. I'm going to. I think I know it. I mean, it's conjecture at this point, but uh, it's going to be Ewan McGregor. Correct. Thank you. You pause longer than I pause to answer. <laughs> That's what I do. It's very good. W- last question. Last question. So far, you've only missed one on this card. This is your chance to improve. Thank you. What episode one city was first mentioned in a Timothy Zahn novel? Nabu. That's a planet. That is a planet. City, the city. I don't know the Gungan. Is it the Gungan? I don't know the name of their city. I don't know the name of the Naboo city. I'm gonna give you a hint, okay? Because I don't know how many Timothy Zahn novels you have read. A couple, but none included this answer. Incorrect. Think of a major city in Episode One that would be relevant in books in the '90s. Hmm. Um, is it a city? Tat tat Tatooine? No, it's not a city. That's like a outpost. All right, I don't know. Don't. I'm not gonna belay belong this any longer. <laughs> belong. Belong this. Belong. Um, it's Coruscant. But this is a planet. It's a planet city. Yeah, I, I thought Coruscant, but I'm like, oh, that's a planet, kind of like Naboo. No, that's, that's a fake kind of question. A, that's kind that's of a, a fake jerk question. That's a jerk question. Um, that's okay though. Uh, it's all right. How'd I do? Well, you got you got four out of six again. Yeah. Two so thirds. Eight out of twelve. You got a D. Dang. Bonus question was triple points. <laughs> Quadruple points. Nothing. Too long a pause. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here. Okay. What was Lando Calrissian's call sign? During the second Death Star battle. No. You know this? I think I would have got it, yeah. Do you? You know it's not red. <sighs> it's gold leader. No, gold, I don't know. It's round. It's cool cucumber. It's gold leader. Hey, hey, hey nailed hey. it. Nailed it. Nailed Yay, it. Nailed it. Josh. Nailed it. Hey. If I could have any better news for you, I'd just I'd tell you that uh you won money, but you didn't. Nope. So. How about four Black Series figures I already own? <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Holochronicles. Hey, we got a new logo. 
we do have a sweet new logo. Um, you want to give a shout out to the artist? I will. I will um, because I want to get him uh, in. He, by the way, the artist is a avid uh, collector as well, and uh, we almost traded for the logo creation, but uh, but <laughs> we, he's so particular that I was like, I was like, oh yeah, we got all kinds of stuff to trade, you know, between Andy and I, and he's like, do you have the display case for the blah blah, you know, for? And I'm like, whoa 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 whoa, he's he's looking for 1977 store display merchandise, you know, and. I was like, okay, uh, he's next level. Uh, yeah, he's so. he's there's there's us, which we are a level. We're level. There's another level beyond us. Oh, there's a few levels. And then us. there's yeah. then there's this guy. Yeah, and actually, so. what's funny? A good segue. Um, I'll give him the plug right now. The name is Sublevel Studios. <laughs> he's the sublevel below. <laughs> he's in the basement, man, collecting crap nobody knows about. But uh, Sublevel Sublevel Studios, out of the UK. So back where the back in the in the motherland there of uh, Star Wars and our fair country. So hey, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Sublevel Studios, awesome logo. Uh, hit him up. Hit him up if you want one made. Yeah, thanks to all you guys for uh, listening. And uh, tell your friends, like us, and and share, and and, uh, talk to us on Twitter. We love you. Take care. May the force be with you. Mace lives. Mace lives, 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 lives. This party's over. What you say, Mace? Take a seat. Oh, snap. For your own good, stay out of this. What you told me is true. You will gain my trust. Mistrust.